Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. They are there, and that is something that we should never forget, and that we should always pay tribute to the men and women who serve in the United States military. As a matter of fact, that three... 15, I'm going to be interviewing a candidate for a congressional seat, not here in Florida, but in West Virginia. And he's got military background and is also a FBI whistleblower from West Virginia. So that should be interesting. It takes courage to serve in the military. It takes courage to be a whistleblower. These are things that the average person really never considers. But I think about it all the time. You know, I have, uh, we have a congressman down here. We have a couple of congressmen in Florida who are uh, former military, although you're never a former, you're always, you're a veteran when you're not active duty. But um, when I need something, I can call this congressman and he will, if he can help me, he will. But that's so rare. Yesterday, I kept telling you, you know, what, what the heck is going on in this country that I can't get an answer out of people who are supposed to be serving me? What do you mean the border is secure? They said that to us for years, and now they're panic-stricken, and they're uh, changing the asylum rules, making it more like the, the Trump days. They're just disgusting to me, politicians, and that's why, you know, Brian Mast is a, a good man. Michael Waltz, a good man. And a lot of it has to do with that selflessness that comes from serving the country. They're still serving. They still get it. That when they go to Washington, they're civil servants. It's not prestigious. It's not supposed to be prestigious. It's supposed to be a job. And you should be able to do it or get out. I look at these people who've been up there for 40, 50 years. What? You, you can't tell me that Mitch McConnell should be sitting in leadership position. What has he done for us lately? I don't know if he ever did anything for us. And I, you know, I'm going to be a part-time resident in Kentucky one of these days, or at least have a, a cabin that I go to. And I, I've seen the good and the bad of Kentucky and I've talked to a lot of people who've lived in Kentucky all their lives or at least a long time. And they go, Mitch McConnell, they like, they cannot believe that Mitch McConnell has been sitting in the Senate for as long as he has and has done nothing, nothing. He can't negotiate. He can't hold the wire. He's doddering. Half the time he's gazing off into space. If we're going to make fun of Joe Biden for that, then we ought to be making fun of Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi and all the other old timers, Schumer. These people need to go home. 
Not that the young ones are substantially better. And I watched AOC embarrass herself. She was apparently questioning a banking executive, only she didn't know what she was talking about. And it's not the first time I've seen her make a complete fool of herself. Remember, her first month in office, she was talking about the, uh, the, the instead of three branches of government, oh, please, it's just, it's, it's frightening. The old ones are horrible, and the new ones are stupid. Doesn't give us a whole lot of hope, does it? So today I find out that my outage yesterday, and I'm sure there were others, people in my listening audience, who suffered the outage. You know, it's funny because I have stuck with AT&T all these years because I find them to be the most reliable network. My husband has a different network. My kids have different networks, and they always have disruptions. And I have, I think this was the first time I had a major disruption was yesterday. And now they're telling me, oh, it was a, a software update. Whoops. And it's making noise right now. Uh, what is wrong with this? <laughs> Excuse me, my friends. I just can't get computers to do what I ask them to do ever. They do what they want. But yeah, it was a, a, a disruption caused by a software update. I don't know about the rest of you, but every time I get that notice on my phone, oh, there's going to be an update at midnight or, you know, tonight. Plug your phone in. We got an update. I say, no, don't update it. Every time they update my AT&T or they update my Apple phone, I don't like what they put. You know, it's horrifying to me how we're so dependent on all of this technology, we don't understand it, and half of the time it doesn't work. So, uh, you know, look, if you're anything like me, you know that there's a limit to how much artificial intelligence is going to take over my life. Uh, they, they keep telling me, don't worry, it'll never happen again. Of course it will. And the next time it happens, it may very well be cyber attack, who knows. But boy, was I aware of how dependent I am on my phone. I'm always aware of that, but more than ever yesterday, because I went into the Broward County jails yesterday, and when I came out, usually when I come out, I get in the car, because you can't take your phone inside, so I get in the car, and I usually look at my phone, and there's like... Uh, I don't know, 40 emails and two text messages and four missed calls, all that kind of stuff. And I get in the car and there's nothing. My phone is like, nah, nobody called, nobody texted, and there's no email. So I immediately knew something was wrong. And then I got home and of course I could hook onto the Wi-Fi and I was able to get a signal. But it's just crazy. We're going to talk, after I interview my guest in the next segment, we're going to talk about the emails and cell phone calls and text messages between one uh, Fannie Willis or Fanny, whatever the per correct pronunciation is. Why do they got to have names that you can't pronounce? Kamala, Fanny. You know, how about just like Jane, Jill? Oh, Jill, Jill, we have one of those. And by the way, uh, President Biden wanted us all to know that the reason that they are still married or have been married for so many years is because of their great sex. Gag me with a spoon. 
That is way too much information because the thought of that guy having any kind, oh, please. I mean, man can't hold a conversation. How good in bed could he be? Anyway, let me take a break. Don't forget to download our app, our 850 WFTL app. That way you get all the uh, podcasts. You get all of the show clips. You get everything you need, uh, breaking news. You will literally be able to participate in contests. You could win tickets to the Rib Roundup. This is a great app to have on your phone. So do it right now. And if you're not going to do it, if you're one of these super sensitive, I don't want any more apps on my phone people, then check out the website on a daily basis, 850wftl.com. You can do all the same stuff there. Let me take a break. And when I, when I come back, um, I have a special guest on, and I think you're going to be very interested in what Nate Kane has to say. I'll be right back. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. You all know that I'm, I'm like election sensitive these days, and I, I usually keep my interviews to candidates who are running locally or in the state of Florida, unless I feel that it's a candidate that's extraordinary, because we need extraordinary. If you were listening to the first part of the show today, I am sick and tired of incompetent people in Congress, people who cannot get the job done, people who, are, who have, should have aged out of the job, people who are young and stupid, like AOC, to say things to a, a banker in a congressional committee meeting that embarrassed me. Uh, so, I have invited Nate Kane on. He is a candidate for a district in West Virginia, and uh, you're not going to be able to vote for him, but you will be able to support him, and that's important. All of these candidates are up against incredible odds, not just from the Democrats, but in primaries, and they need the support of patriots. So in keeping with that, let me introduce you to Nate Kane, who is not just a military veteran, but he's also an FBI federal whistleblower who submitted evidence that uh, got into the Durham report. Thank you so much for coming on with me today, Nate. Hi, Joyce. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, we need real men. I, I hate to say it that way. I'll probably get slammed by the feminists, but it's true. <laughs> I, I'm tired of looking at these weak, insipid congresspersons who vote in lockstep with the party leadership and don't think. I don't think they've ever run anything in their lives. So give us a little bit of your background. So I have a background in cybersecurity for the last 27 years. I started off in the U.S. Army. Uh, I got out, started working for the Navy, and I did that for about nine years, and then ended up working for uh, the U.S. Marine Corps. Uh, and then after I left the uh, U.S. Marine Corps, I went to the FBI, which is when I ended up blowing the whistle. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, uh, that pretty much changed the trajectory of everything in my life because I was at the peak of my career at that time. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I ended up going through uh, the Intelligence Community Whistleblower Protection Act uh, and it's a very long story, so I know we don't have time for it right now, but um, but people can uh, go online and they can hear the whole thing. 
But I ended up uh, eventually um, getting raided by the FBI. Uh, they had uh, 16 agents that came to my house. I had anonymity, but somebody leaked my name to the New York Times. Mm. Uh, eventually, I was, um, you know, I had death threats. I got poisoned twice. Uh, I was never charged with a crime. And I still maintain my top secret clearance uh, mm. after 27 years and not even a game, never even a suspension. But uh, they certainly, you know, made my life a living hell. Yeah. Uh, after that whole incident, I decided it was time to get the hell out of uh, Maryland. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to go somewhere where I could protect myself and defend my family, a place that uh, respects the Second Amendment. And so we up and moved and we went to West Virginia. And that was in 2020. In fact, we closed on our house the day after the election. Mm. And uh, not I hadn't even been in my home for a week, and I got a call from the White House asking me to come down uh, to uh, Arlington and to work on an election integrity team. And so I lived out of a hotel for two months doing election integrity work down there. I mm-hmm. uh, ended up being an expert witness in seven different cases, uh, that, including the one that went to the Supreme Court. Unfortunately, out of 57 cases that were brought before the courts during that time, not a single one of them allowed for an evidentiary hearing. And uh, so in 2022, I saw the same kind of thing happen again, uh, especially in Maricopa County and Pennsylvania and other, you know, some of the other swing states. I saw similar actions that were happening, uh, you know, uh, irregularities with the elections that were happening in 2020. And I was honestly depressed. And I was praying, and I just said, Lord, I pray that you raise up righteous men and women to run for office. And, you know, I should have learned something from my time in the Army where, you know, they say never bring up anything you don't want to be voluntold to do. Right. But I heard that still small voice at that time say, what about you? Mm-hmm. And my immediate response was, well, hold on a minute, of course. No. <laughs> you know, I meant other righteous people, not me. <laughs> but yeah. uh, within about a week, I had a couple of people who reached out to me and said, hey, you know, Nate, have you ever thought about running for office? And mm. And so it was, I took that as a confirmation, mm-hmm. and I started getting out there and, and um, you know, going around the district. And my district is pretty large. It's the entire northern half of the state. We have a very uh, rural, uh, smaller population here in West Virginia, so it's a lot of ground to cover. And, you know, they call this the mountain state for a reason because pretty much it's all Appalachians. And so mm-hmm. it's a lot of driving. And uh, But as I got out and we started going around the state, uh, I ended up finding that the people here are some of the greatest assets that this state has. They're, they're warm, caring, nice, and kind. Uh, they love God. They love their family. They love their country. They're patriotic. Uh, these are the, this is the reason why we wanted to live here in the first place, is I wanted to live near like-minded people. Right. Uh, you know, in the same way that, that Florida has become kind of the, the mecca for conservatives in the, you know, in the southeast, you know, in the, the uh, northeast, I kind of see... You know, West Virginia is that same kind of a, a mecca. There's a lot of people that move here, and that's what I'm finding is that as I go out and around, many of the people that are here are transplants from other places. I had a neighbor that just moved in from Long Island, and they had to pretend, you know, and hide the fact that they were Trump supporters their whole time there. Mm-hmm. And I was talking with them, and they, they were telling me how when they moved here, they finally felt free that they could, uh, you know, you know, put up a Trump flag or they could, you know, they could have a... a uh, you know, a conservative bumper sticker on their car without worrying about their car being, you know, having their tires slashed. Mm-hmm. And so that is really, you know, this place is a, it's an amazing place. It's beautiful. We have all four seasons here. 
that is one thing I do miss about my my uh, youth growing up in Southern California. I miss the warm weather, mm. but my wife loves the four seasons. So you know, one of us is at least getting the good weather for, yes. that we like all year long. But but that's that is basically me in a nutshell and how I got involved in this. And what happened was I started off as really a, kind of a reluctant candidate, mm-hmm. but as I started going around talking to people and having you know listening to people. And having them tell me about the issues that they're facing or the issues that, that are you know, basically keeping them up at night, you know, I realized that it's not just a matter of, you know, this isn't just about me. It's about the people in West Virginia. It's about our yeah. country and yeah. about protecting our constitutional rights. We've got a Justice Department that's out of control, an FBI, uh, you know, that is out of control. Um, you know, we really are, are facing something I don't think... I ever would have imagined, uh, you know, with the border being wide open, West Virginia in particular has the highest rate per capita of people who have died from, uh, you know, from fentanyl overdoses. Yeah. And you've got, uh, you know, just massive numbers of illegal uh, aliens coming into this country, and uh, many of them uh, do not mean any good for our country. Right. And so well, uh, we do have to, you know, deal with these issues of national security, like I said, I, I mentioned my background is in cyber. Um, you know, 26 years, I'm a cybersecurity subject matter expert. And I don't care what they say about, you know, solar flares, you know, being the, the cause of this AT&T outage. I think the likelihood is that there was some sort of cyber warfare involved in there. That's what I um, said. You know, I was affected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so we have to worry about that. You know, my, my job in, in cyber, uh, when I was working for, Mar 4 Cyber, which is the Marine Forces Cyberspace Command, I was part of a cyber protection team, and our job was going after hackers who were hacking our national critical infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will tell you, uh, our infrastructure is in woeful condition. Uh, there's many systems that were designed never with security in mind because they weren't hooked up to the Internet. But over time, they found it was easier to manage things remotely if it got connected to the Internet. And now you have many systems that are completely vulnerable, uh, that are not updated on a regular basis. And, uh, and it affects everything from our water treatment plants to our power grid, uh, you know, to our hospitals. Our pharmacies recently were getting hacked. Yeah, um, to our electoral process. You know, if people absolutely, don't understand how, yeah, how tied we are to this World Wide Web, as we used to call it. And, you know, the first thing that brought you to my attention, of course, was you earned the endorsement of General Michael Flynn, who is my hero, um, a man who yes. they, they did everything to destroy this man, and he didn't give up. And I, for that, I'll, I'll always have nothing but respect for him. And he was quite uh, serious when he talked about you and your dedication to the American people, how you served and you still want to serve. So that's 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 huge in my book. But you're up against uh, your opponent is the uh, former vice president of the Podesta Group. How much that's money right. is it going to take to run a campaign against this guy? Well, I'll tell you, he has uh, you know he has raised a massive war chest, uh, yeah. six hundred thousand, I think, with the last quarter. Um, you know, compare that to me. Uh, you know, I've raised uh, about $120,000 in direct donations. But the difference is, um, you know, when you look at where he's spending his money, he's spent over 250000 I think, and it's mostly on consultants and fundraising activities and things like that. He's not actually been out there in the district as I have. Mm-hmm. I've been out there 
shaking hands, talking to people, listening to them, and fighting for things that people want now and trying to you know, show the people why they should vote for me, that I'm willing to earn their vote. And I will tell you, um, it is hard because what I've, dis- what I've discovered is, is running, you know, they, they start corrupting politicians as early as their campaigns. Oh, yes. And so what ends up happening is these politicians, they, they, they go to these consultants, and the consultants will tell them, oh, you need to go get this endorsement and that endorsement, and you need to go. Uh, and, and they're doing things like buying those endorsements. I hate to say it. No, it's uh, true. I will tell you, not a, none of the endorsements that I have did I buy. I mm-hmm. got those endorsements because I was you know, spoken to by these people. They vetted me. Uh, they looked at my history. They saw what I'm working on and doing now. And they supported me because of that. Yeah. Now, the other thing that is going on is a lot of these uh, PACs, uh, especially corporate PACs, you know, are dumping money into the campaigns of those they think they're going to be able to control. Right. And, uh, and that's something that I don't want to be beholden to any of these, uh, you know, corporations or any of these special interest groups. Um, I'm certainly going to fight for you know, those businesses that provide jobs in West Virginia. But at the end of the day, when I go down to Washington, D.C. with the title of representative, I think it's important that, of who I am representing, that I'm representing the people of West Virginia and, quite honestly, the people of the United States when it comes to their constitutional rights. Yes, and so that is something that uh, matters to me. I've taken the oath three times, mm. and that oath never goes away. Right. And that oath is to support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Now, we all know about our foreigners, but I don't think we oftentimes think enough about our domestic enemies. And those enemies really are those who would wish you know, to uh, bring about authoritarianism and tyranny on the American people. We're seeing that right now yeah. with what they're doing against Trump you know, through, the, through this lawfare and the court system. We're seeing it with what they've done to people, uh, you know, that are still rotting in jail after January 6th, uh, many of them for doing nothing more than just walking around in the people's right. house. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget that's what that is. Right. Um, but oftentimes, you know, we're seeing that the you have the, the government spying on the American people. There was a judge in, uh, in June that announced that there were over 276,000 illegal uses of Section 702 of FISA which is warrantless searches being done on people's digital data that are American citizens. Now, I was read onto that program when I worked for NSA, and I will tell you that program is not allowed to be used on American citizens. That is a violation of deprivation of rights under color of law, and it carries penalties of up to 10 years of prison or, or all the way up to, uh, you know, up to life in prison. So why in the world are people doing this? Because they're not being held accountable. When you look and you see how many violations there's been, but yet how many people have actually gone to jail or been prosecuted, no one has been prosecuted for it. Right. Because mm-hmm. the FBI is not going to investigate themselves, and the Department of Justice is not going to indict themselves. This is a clear case of the the, uh, the fox guarding the hen house, and exactly. it's got to change. Yeah. So that, well, that's going to take. Yeah, it's going to take men who will stand firmly, and and in particular. I think we're running out of time. So it's it's this is going to be a very important election. We always say it's the most important election of our lives, but this one actually might be the most important. Yeah, I and, agree. Yeah. I, I think what we're facing right now, I think we are going to, be, you know, between 
the police state that we are living under, the Gestapo that we are living under, where you have a weaponized uh, government against one party, mm-hmm. uh, against one you know ideological uh, group of people, uh, that combined with the fact that we've got wide open borders and people that are just coming in by the millions, and then on top of that, you have uh, a country that is now you know thirty three point eight trillion dollars in debt. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is a massive number. And we've now exceeded, I think, the our military budget in just just entrance interest payments alone. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, well, you know, it, these, ke- these it keeps me, times. yeah, it keeps me busy. You know, conservative talk radio has had its hands full for thirty odd years, but this last two year period has been absolutely insane with the amount of exposed corruption, thanks to whistleblowers like yourself, and also thanks to a conservative media that's finally got some power. Look, I'll definitely want to talk to you again to get updated, but I want people to have the website. Go to Nate Kane, it's capital N-A-T-E, capital C-A-I-N, for the number four, WV.com. So it's Nate Kane for West Virginia, WV.com. And get involved. If we're not going to, you're not going to finance these campaigns against guys like Podesta, they have no chance of winning them. It's it's a game for the for the left and the right just doesn't want to pony up. And it's time for us to do that. This is a, a man who who could might actually go make a difference. He actually understands cybersecurity. The rest of them are still trying to figure out what what a password is. Uh, thanks, <laughs> really. You know I'm right, Nate. Thank so you. thank you so well, much for coming on. Thank you. And, you know, and the other thing is I think, I think I really do actually have a chance at this. I've been spending a lot of time with the people, and the word is getting out there. Mm-hmm. But we do need a little bit of help to get over the hump. And, yeah. you know, some of we're getting into that advertising, uh, you know, stage right now where it costs a lot of money yeah. to get that word out there. Absolutely. So we definitely need help, and we would appreciate any help that uh, anybody could give. God bless you guys, and thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. God bless you, and good luck. I can't. I can only pray that uh, that we get some men like that in Congress. Um, I do want to take a quick break. We got a little business to take care of, and then come back. I I, I promised you I was going to talk about uh, one subject in particular, but there's so much on the agenda today. And then I have Derek coming on at the uh, 3:45. So don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. And there's so many stories that uh, really you you just have to hold on tight to whatever your principles are. You know, the the CPAC is going on this weekend, and I I see an occasional story pop up. It's not like in the old days when CPAC actually meant something, but some of these characters that are getting rock star welcomes in at, at CPAC, I really have a question about. I think that we have become we have become obsessed with you know making people into celebrities. Like the president of El Salvador shouldn't be a celebrity, okay? Now you can have him come speak at something like CPAC if he's you know unapologetic conservative and whatever. But to treat this guy as a rock star in America at a conference which. I would think, is all about the next election. I mean, what's the purpose of CPAC if they're not going to be bringing young conservatives, and now it's not just young at CPAC, but bringing conservatives out and getting them busy to, to get this election won on every level. Congressional seats like the one Nate Kane is running for, 
there is such a desperate need for leadership change in this country. And we're, you know, giving a standing ovation to the, you know, Naib Bukele, the, the, the president of El Salvador. Come on, guys. We gotta, we gotta get our acts together. There's, near, there's no way that we can avoid the financial disaster that's impending. You know, where were the people at CPAC that were going to talk about how we have a, a, a collapse ahead of us? Their Fed policymakers say, don't cut the U.S. interest rates too soon. Don't cut them too much. You know, just because the data says that inflation is still high. You know, that's what we should be talking about, not the gangs in El Salvador, we got gangs in this country. That's what we should be talking about. I'm sick and tired of these conferences that amount to, you know, like-minded people patting each other on the back. They don't make any change. They don't do anything. They talk. They talk. That's all they do. You know, I'll give credit to some of them. Obviously, Steve Bannon motivates people to get out and do things and, uh, and, and, but but for the most part, I looked at the list of, of speakers. They talk, 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 talk. Have we not heard enough from all of them, really? With the exception of maybe Donald Trump, is anybody interested in what any of those candidates or has-been candidates have to say? I did have a dream last night, which I shared with my husband, and he thought it was a great dream. And I wasn't really going to say it on the air, but whatever. You know, all the talk is, ooh, who's going to be the VP? And, you know, he has to be ready on day one. And the VP, the VP, the VP. Oh, is it Vivek? Is it going to be this one or that one? I had a dream it was uh, Mike Huckabee. Really. I mean, in the dream, I was at a rally where Donald Trump and Mike Huckabee were speaking. They were running. And I woke up this that morning and I said, you know, that's really not a bad idea. <laughs> I, I think Mike Huckabee is a is a proven leader. I think he has been loyal to Trump, even though he started out running against him in that primary. He came alongside of him. He's he's a, a, a pastor. He's got this brilliant daughter who, you know, was able to be the <laughs> spokesperson for Trump, and now she's the governor of Arkansas, which he was at one point in time. Come on, I think it's a great idea. Stop talking about all these celebrities. We don't, although I guess in his own way, he has celebrity status. But I just need some people who have some morals, some principles, some people who have some guts. You know, Nate Kane has guts. He served in every branch almost of the military, and and now he wants to serve the country. I'm, you know, I I never I never contribute to campaigns that I spend a lot of time talking about in the state because it's not po good policy. But uh, he's going to get some support out of me and my family, that's for sure. I got relatives in West Virginia. How about that? Anyway, don't forget that coming up after me is Eric Erickson, and then Joe Paggs and Lars Larson, and then it is the weekend. And I don't know about the rest of you, but this Friday couldn't have come fast enough. It was a brutal week in so many different ways. And I've been so frustrated and so upset, but I'm also a little bit hopeful. Very little, but a little bit hopeful. Anyway, I will be talking with Derek from TMZ to finish off this week on a lighter note. 
um, because I just, I've had enough. I'm sure you have as well. Stay right where you are. I'll be right back. They say that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But in the case of Derek Kaufman, the apple rolled all the way to L.A. The one thing Derek and his mother share in common, however, is the love for breaking news. TMZ is breaking news faster than the New York Times. So sit back and enjoy the news from Hollywood as only the Kaufman family can bring it. I got to tell you, this is, uh, you know, in complete... uh transparency with my audience. I love this kid. I love my son, Derek. He has the greatest sense of humor and he's such a good dad and he's such a good husband and he's such a good son. How did I get so lucky? I don't know, but it's really nice to hear compliments because uh, <laughs> if you've ever seen me in this office, they don't, they're they not exactly abundant in, in my direction. So it's nice to have your mom's love at least. That's right. Well, but I, you know, sometimes I, I fail to to say that to you, and I could do, couldn't do it in a more public fashion, so I wanted to... to uh, I love that. you too, Mom, and I know you're very, very happy because you got to see all your grandkids in one place when we were in San Diego this past weekend, and I could just feel across the phone that your heart was all full. <laughs> My new screensaver is all of you <laughs> together, and you know, maybe forever my screensaver, so... That's good. You guys are not real celebrities, but to me, you're uh, you're the most famous and best people that I know. But that doesn't mean that I don't have sensations and feelings about what's going Remember a couple of weeks ago, I asked you about Wendy Williams and you kind of deferred. Well, now we know things are really messed up. Things are really bad and they're very, very sad. You know, mm-hmm. she now has a legal guardian who's been appointed and it's a woman named Sabrina Morrissey. And remember that name because it's also a woman who has filed a lawsuit against Lifetime. Um, you know, Sabrina is in charge of Wendy because there's been reports that she can't take care of herself and needs someone to look out for her rights, that she's battling some very serious health issues and, and maybe some dementia and things of that nature. So this woman is looking out for her and filed this lawsuit um, where we didn't have many details of it, but we knew it was against Lifetime and the timing was conspicuous because there is a documentary that is planned for release this weekend. Mm. And if something gets filed um, very quickly, the it's, it's an indication that they're trying to block the release of, of this docuseries. Everything was under seal, so we couldn't know that for sure. But now we know that Lifetime did appear in court today and uh-huh. the documentary, which is called Where is Wendy Williams, is going to air this weekend. So it looks like that effort was maybe unsuccessful, but the lawsuit itself could go on if she thinks it said something defamatory or something of the like. Well, you know, the the problem with celebrity is that uh, you no longer have privacy. You don't have any rights. I told you a long time ago, it's like I, I can't even sue people if they lie about me because I'm a public figure. But, you know, when you look at someone like Wendy Williams, who had a very successful television show and then just sort of mysteriously disappeared. You wonder, how, how does that happen? You know, where were the people who should have loved her and taken care of her? Yeah, you know, her whole saga is very sad because she had issues with her husband. There right. was maybe some financial mismanagement. He helped work on the show with her, and there were allegations of infidelity and all sorts of things with her personal life that really started to cloud 
what was a show that was very popular for a long period of time. I mean, Wendy Williams is a bit of an icon. She's up there with all the great talk show hosts, the Ricky Lakes and, and, and all those type people. Wendy Williams was right alongside them and has had this sort of sad descent mm-hmm. um, that we're watching publicly play out. And this is just another episode in that. And I hope I hope she gets sort of whatever help she needs and support she needs with this woman, Sabrina Morrissey, and, and whatever judgment she wants from courts. I mean, she, she has the right to fight these battles, and we'll see where they, they play out. But I've, I found the saga very, very sad because she was so vibrant for so long. I know. Well, but of course, you know, the Lifetime is going to have enormous ratings because of her, uh, you know, mysterious falling off the face of of the earth. And now everybody's going to get to hear their version of what happened. Let's hope it's not too too negative. Um, there's yeah. other like kind of crazy stories out there. What was the th- what would you describe the outfit that Bian- Ye's wife, Bianca, was wearing the other day? I mean, I would say, you know, my first description is par for the course, and that just says where we are now with uh, Kanye and Bianca. She's wearing a see-through outfit. It's like a sort of a, a black sheer top, kind of a tank top, leotard-type outfit. Mm. Her hair has got everyone buzzing because she usually has it slicked back like she's in the movie The Matrix or something, but right. now it's down in a little Amelie-like bob kind of do, little coquettish. She's very beautiful, and some yeah. people have noticed in our newsroom that ever since She's been dressing so provocatively as Kanye's muse, and we haven't been talking quite as much about Kim. Kim has gone on a little tear on her own social media wearing very few clothes, and some people are wondering if she's saying, hey, uh, I'm the OG. This is just his his new squeeze, but uh, remember me? Mm. So, you know, Kanye's got that album out. It's actually done better than people expected, notwithstanding his very toxic views uh, and anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, Bianca is, is certainly the talk of the town. She's sort of beloved in a way that uh, his negativity or, or at least the, the controversy swirling around him doesn't seem to rub off on her. Yeah, it was kind of like that with Kim, too. People, you know, saw the good side of Kim and, and that helped them to not hate Kanye as much. But uh, Bianca's a little a uh, little less wild. Until now, this outfit is crazy. It looks like... I can't even describe it, but she's naked. It's impossible to describe. Mm, he he certainly dresses up his little dolls, and yes. she is enthralled with him. I mean, they do seem very much in love, and whenever mm-hmm. he talks about her, he says, I just find my wife so pretty, I want to put her all over my social media, and I want to mm-hmm. dress her up. Mm-hmm. And so he is just doting upon her, and she seems to be along for the ride. Amen. Any other big breaking stories? I mean, obviously, uh, we see that... Uh, that the Rust character, Alex, Alec Baldwin, has really got his hands full again. He does. That, that, that case uh, against uh, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, who was the armorer on the set, has moved forward. They had opening statements yesterday. We'll see how that case develops. Obviously, we'll cover it. She's trying to avoid sort of criminal liability for that whole saga and that tragedy. Um, but I found the most interesting piece of news, this Mel Gibson piece of news, where Michael Ovitz, the former Hollywood super agent, co-founder of CAA and so forth, said that Mel Gibson was actually on the short list to play Oscar Schindler. What? Have you heard this? Yes. <laughs> He's uh, an anti-Semite. He, 
Uh, yeah, yeah, because in 2006, it's uh, part of TMZ lore, his his DUI arrest, he said some colorful things about Jewish people, wondering right. whether, they, saying they started all the war, the wars around the world and some they vicious, vile Jesus. things. Yeah. And the fact that he was going for the role of Oscar Schindler back in the day before Spielberg said, no, nah, I'm going to go with Liam Neeson, is a pretty interesting story. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to spread that one around, but I thought Liam Neeson was absolutely wonderful. Anyway, that that's all the news that's fit to print. How was Legoland? Just a thumbs up or thumbs down? You know, I'll give it a thumbs up, but there's nothing like Disney. I got to tell you, mm. all the theme parks are pretenders next to next to the Mouse House. True that. All right, kid. Have a great weekend. All right. Take care. All right. And that does it for me. That wraps it up for this week. And boy, I told you before, it's been a long, long week. I thank you for your time this time. Until next time, my plan is to be back here Monday at 3 o'clock if it be his will and he delays his coming. What lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, be yourself. Everybody else is taken. And hey, think about it. Mike Huckabee is VP. You with me? You understand? And may God bless you. And may God bless the United States of America. See you on Monday. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.